Now wait. recording. I need to wait five minutes. No, you don't. <laughs> Why do you have to wait five minutes? Um, because it doesn't feel right. I need to wait five minutes so that way I can keep this bit going for another five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then anyway, with the five minutes, you know what? Maybe we should give it another ten minutes. Maybe we should give it another ten minutes. I mean, look, I'll go lay okay. back down. No, no, no. Everybody <laughs> shut the fuck up and welcome to Mal was a Mensch, a podcast where we allegedly where we allegedly review beer. I'm Nathan. Gas. I'm literally not the next one on the list, but yes, I, you are. no, I'm not. The next yes, one on the you. list is is Abby for me. But um Really? Yeah. There goes Taco Hell Voils. What Voil. Okay. Stop lying and just say your name. I'm sorry. My name's Cass. I'm Mike. I'm Abigail. And this week we're reviewing Dragon's Milk. It's a milk stout. Um, They're good. So this is off to a good start. This is off to a great bourbon barrel aged stout. It's 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 off to a great start, and um, you know, it's it's got the name Dragon's Milk. Mike is gonna hate this. Oh, am I? You think so? I think so. I think he's gonna. Do you think they? Do you think they use real dragon or imitation? I think it's imitation. You know, it's 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 so expensive to um to get real dragon these days. Mm. Well, maybe it's like it's maybe like maybe it's like oat milk where it's like oh it's like oh god it's milk technically, but it's actually just like a different kind of lizard. Ground yeah. up into it, but it tastes the same like as actually milk, bearded dragon milk. Yes. Mm. Does that mean? Does that necessarily mean that bearded dragons have tits? <laughs> Just saying, you know. Do dragons have tits? I that mean, depends I on the artist. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the artist. That's 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 a pretty simple one. Okay. Um. And, was... Oh, and we are down a host. Mm-hmm. This week, um, Elliot has had a very stressful week, um, and they need to take a break from hosting for a bit. Uh, well, not for a bit, just for this week. Um, but yeah, pour one out for our beloved co-host, Elliot. Maybe I'll go pour one of the uh, the IPAs from from last. Yeah, go time. go go pour <laughs> out. A no, we can't pour out in. an IPA for Naomi. I don't know. No, we're we're just pouring out for Elliot not being here. You're right. I'll pour out the dragon's milk. Okay, don't <laughs> pour out the dragon's milk either. Not before you drink it. And let's drink no. it on three, two, one. Oh, buddy. That's a taste. That is a taste. Okay. Um. That isn't what I was expecting. No, me neither. No. It well, does kind of taste like milk, a little bit. It's got it like goes, a, it's it's got a kind of like sweetness to it. It's but, got like a creamy taste going yeah. down. It's weird. Yeah. Huh. This so this is what all that dragon's milk hentai tastes like. Interesting. Dragon's milk Thank hentai. You. Yeah, you know, like that. when you when you see some dragons milkies, this is must be what it tastes like. I don't. Um, okay, <laughs> we got we got a very uh, disorganized episode for you all this week. 
Um, we didn't really have a topic in mind. Um, we're, we'll, we'll be a, more back on track with your like more focused episodes next week. But the last two weeks, we've just been getting back to basics. You know, just shooting the shit, drinking a beer, talking about whatever comes to mind. I love the People shooting the shit episodes. Yeah, me too. Um, speaking of whatever comes to my mind, well, mm-hmm. it didn't come to my mind on its own, but Mike generously reminded me that he'd been doing this. Mike, how are you enjoying my favorite platformer of all time, Ratchet and Clank 2002 for the PS2? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I know I was uh, initially very positive on it, but, um, Nathan, I'm really sorry, but I'm not 100% sure this game holds up very well. I think it holds oh up great. What are you talking about? Okay. As somebody so, who plays it every year, I think it holds up pretty well. My my general problem with the game is that the controls just feel really stodgy. Like, it, 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 the way that Ratchet moves just feels not super responsive, and I think that's a really big problem in a platformer. Yeah, that is not good. I don't think it's actually a huge problem. Um, and here's my argument as for why. You have, have you, I don't know if you, I don't know how far you're in. Um, I've gotten to, um, I just beat Quark the second time like in the big okay. space battle part okay i think i'm almost done i just got back to the ruined you're city in, you're in the home stretch you're in the home yeah. stretch um but um so i think i never have had and again like you have to take this with a grain of salt because i play this fucking game every year so maybe i can't see my own biases um but when it comes to like the platforming sections, I never really have any trouble, especially once you get the thruster pack. Once you get the thruster pack, I feel like it's so easy to correct your jump if you're off. Um, and the you know, you can move around fast. But when it comes to the combat, so in later games, they introduce a strafe mechanic that makes Ratchet's movement a lot more combat friendly because you can just hold down R1 or L1 and you strafe, you can move like directly from side to side. Mm. And and then in the third game, they just ditch the tank style controls completely and Ratchet's always facing forward like in most first person, third person shooters. Um, which, you know, all that makes the movement more fluid. But I think that the more rigid movement of the first game actually helps it because it makes everything feel a little bit more tactical, especially with the weapons. The weapons are really strategic in the first game. They have like limited windows of use, a lot of them, not all of them. Um, And, you know, you actually, with the limited health and the limited movement, you actually have to plan out your attack, whereas by, even in Going Commando, the second game, you can pretty much just run forward, hold down the circle button, and you're, you've are you dealt with the problem. I but do like the game, tactical games. I felt like you would, like, you would say that. And my rebuttal is kind of generally that I feel like this game should not be as, like, punishing as it is for the kind of tone that they're going for. That it's like a fun mascot platformer. It's like there's just a lot of situations where it's just like I feel How like. How did you was... get it being a fun mascot platformer? Because it's about like a cute fucking 
animal character and a he's an asshole I mean, and the yeah. enemy is capitalism <laughs> oh that was that was another thing i was kind of like iffy about uh we can get into that because i, oh, I i'm i'm willing to argue i'm willing to argue the anti-capitalist bent of the game to hell and back but we'll get into that like, i mean it's not so much we, that after we talk about the controls after we talk about the controls <laughs> okay so it, it just kind of came to a head to a part where i was like it was on this level where there's a bunch of these fucking crab things Yes, Pokotaru. And there about, are right? a lot of situations where it's like you go down a stretch and this like enemy freighter spawns or something and shoots a bunch of missiles at you. And there's like literally no way to oh, not oh. like get hit while you're trying to aim a rocket launcher to kill the uh, thing. On the space station? It was like, it's like when you go to that, it's like that same level, but when you take a, there's like a split and you get, there's one path with all the crab monsters and there's another path with a bunch of spaceships. You're hot. You're going to have to describe what the planet was like. It was like the toxic planet. Oh, oh, Orkson. Well, Orkson's really fucking difficult. Um, Orkson's a really difficult planet anyway, but, uh, like with the ships, just use the visibomb. I didn't have that yet. Okay. And that was another thing that was really annoying because I got to a point where it's like the entire level was built around the visibomb thing. Yeah. There's like there's like a weapon that lets you like guide a missile like after right. you shoot it. Yeah, that's the bunch of, bomb when we're talking about the visibomb. Okay. And there's a bunch of towers that you have to like explode in order to get past like a gate that they're blocking. Like they're powering a gate and you have to destroy the towers on the other side of the gate to get past it. Okay. The game doesn't give you that item or tell you what it does or how to use it. But you have to buy it yourself. I, I will and say basically this, figure it out on your own. I will say this about that level. Every one of the towers can be destroyed that you have to destroy to progress can be destroyed by the devastator. You might have to there are and it's not even like, a, oh, you have to like really finagle an interesting angle. Every one of those towers, there's either like a window if you approach it from a different direction or something that lets you destroy it with the Devastator. OK, but, but you also that have that, to buy the Devastator. Right. That's what I was getting to. I will admit, <laughs> though, that that is a bit of a flaw because you don't get the Visibomb for free and you don't get the Devastator for free. They're both kind of expensive weapons. Can you like if you spent all of your money, can you like grind up more yes. money? Yes. And but how long I does that feel take? Like when you go back to a planet the second time to grind for bolts, you do you never get as many bolts as you do when you go through the first time. I don't know what the exact ratio is, but it's it's a little more than half the number of bolts that you would get if you went through the first time, but okay. it's not like a hundred percent. Well, my point is that like there's a bunch of situations in this game where they give you stuff for free and i feel like if you design a level around a weapon that you kind of need the game should give you that weapon it should but at the... least tell you that you need that weapon somehow i i don't know i mean like i also feel like those two weapons are i mean it they are like wet the two two weapons that you will carry with you to the late game and at that point you're kind of in the home stretch and i don't think that the game should be faulted for expecting you to pick up one or the other obviously if you're doing like a challenge run where you're only using x weapon or only using the wrench 
then, you know, okay, you're kind of out of luck here, but the game isn't designed to do that either. Um, and I, I, I don't think that it's unreasonable by the time that you're in this fairly late game level that you have one of the two of those because they're both pretty clearly rocket launchers and that appeals to people. People like rocket launchers. So I, I get that. Probably bought them. There's a level of conveyance that has to be in like the game in order for you to expect the player to like get that. Yeah, well, when you get to the first one on that level, a little help desk notification comes up saying, like, you have to destroy these towers to lower the thing. And Does it say you need have... a rocket launcher to destroy the towers? No. I don't remember if it says you need the Devastator or the Visibomb. I just remember that on my most recent playthrough, I was like, oh, there's a help desk notification for this. I never noticed that before. Which is the only reason why I had that argument, because I literally and I remember that here. Like I literally never remembered that before. OK, the anti-capitalist thing. So let's let's just go to that and then we can move on to, I don't know, wh whatever else we want to talk about. OK, well, I don't I I wanted to say up front, I do really like this game. It is really fun. It's just that the more I play it, the more it's like flaws kind of stand out to me. Sure. And I really like the like general feel of I do. I do I'm not saying that the anti-capitalist message isn't a thing in the game. It's very much there. I just think it comes off as a little uh, tone deaf when you consider that Ratchet himself, the like main character of the game, is like basically a Sonic the Hedgehog like. And is like this. Ah, uh, he's like the hoverboarding, soda drinking, fucking obvious mascot character that is like a product of capitalism, and at the same time he is fighting it and for yeah. some reason. Kind of, I can, I can kind of get that. Um, but I thought the I, interplay was fun. I think that yeah, I think that the level of irony there is really fun because I think that Ratchet turns up like the like okay, Shadow the Hedgehog is edgy. <laughs> Right. Okay. I think everybody can agree on that. Right. He's edgy. Ratchet Got a fucking gun is kind of edgy, but I think that Ratchet more so veers into this character's straight up an asshole territory. <laughs> right. And there's there's a difference. There's a difference between somebody who is really fucking. You you can be both, but you can be really fucking edgy without being just an asshole and you can be an absolute asshole without being really fucking edgy. Yeah, definitely. No, I get that. And I, I, and so I think that I don't know if it's intentional. Obviously I can't get into ins the insomniac developers who are now probably all long gone. Um, I can't get into their heads, but I would like to believe that there is a little bit of irony there and that you have this character who, yes, you know, he is meant to be, you know, the mascot for the PS2, right? And he eventually became the longest running mascot character for Sony. Um, so, you know. I think that Sony actually owns Insomniac now. Right. Kudos to Ratchet. Then <laughs> if but, you had like not a mascot character, Mike, what like what would you do to make him a better character, in your opinion, for this game? I don't know. It just kind of feels like they don't lean into like the corporate aspect of Drek as much. The bad guy is Drek because it's yeah, like he's, he's a chairman. He's a CEO. Yeah. 
Ooh, gross. Um, yeah. But it's like, my thing, it's like, they don't try to make Ratchet like, show how he's, like, the better end of that spectrum. It's like He's not the better end. I don't think that's what the game's trying to show. No, but he's the hero of the game. Like, him and Clank. So he's you a want dick. to make... Clank is the only one who gives a shit. Yes, but you can, like, make a dick character who's still, like, sympathetic and you're happy to, like, play as. And my thing is, like, there's this one scene where Drek is talking about how he's like, ah, oh, I've finally been able to find this planet that is, like, the perfect condition for... Are the, the perfect orbit. It's the perfect orbit. The perfect orbit for blah blah blah. So we're going to kill it. We're going to explode it and kill all the people on it. And Drax is like, oh wow, wow. Maybe we should stop him. <laughs> and it's like, if you're if like the the baseline is of your character being like your main character being like a hero of the game is, hey, maybe we shouldn't commit a genocide. I think like, that's great. This sounds you're selling me so hard on Ratchet right now. Yes, but then, like, it's like when he is, says that Clank is like, you do care. It's well, like <laughs> I I I think that and this is this is this is this is big in the whole game, everybody's looking to get fucking paid. Okay? Like you literally almost have you have to buy almost everything in this game and it's turned up to 11 in the second game where one of the best jokes in the series ratchet is trying to like get some information out of a computer and the computer won't work unless you pay 2000 bolts and he yells now even the computers are charging us <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of the game series best fucking moments but like everybody in this universe is looking to get paid ratchet's kind of the only one doing this for free. And it's got a big asterisk on it for most of the game. But at the end of the day, you know, he can spare that moment to care and like do this. And he's the posited as literally the only person in this universe who gives a shit. Okay. Oh, Clank. Besides Clank. Besides Clank. Sorry. I'm I'm yeah. I'm treating Clank as an outsider to the universe, even though, yeah, he was, you know. The only person with like the agency to give a shit. Right. Right. I can I can see that. Yeah. Um what was the other game that you were playing? Uh I played a little bit of a hyperlight drifter. Oh, I've never played that. And that's as I per Cass's recommendation on oh, the last I episode. That. Wow. How are you liking it? I really dig or, it. It's it's yeah, got yeah. a uh, really cool art style. It's it's like really highly de detailed pixel art, but at the same time it has a very like simple aesthetic What's yeah. it about? It's 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 a very Dark Souls like game where it's like you're kind of just dropped in the middle of like a really weird world and you're kind of piecing things together through um, context clues in the environment. Mm, you're yeah. just like, I guess you're like a cat. You're like you're Tito. What? You're like Tito. Well, it's because all the cat. all the characters in this game are like animals. Oh, I guess. Oh, I don't. Do you but have you have cat ears. I'm gonna look at a picture. You have little nubs on the top. That's just like what I defaulted. Basically, you I'm are be a cat. You're in this like rec. You're in this like world that has been reclaimed by nature, and it's like this ancient civilization that used to have these giant robot things. And you're basically piecing together old technology from, uh, this ancient civilization. And you're trying to open this gate by collecting enough of these crystals that are scattered all around the world. 
uh, and that's kind. You don't really know why you're doing this. You just like woke up in a some guy who saves you, and that's his plan. So I guess it's like okay. I guess that's my plan too. You can really tell that I have a type when it comes to um, games. So like, the yeah. only way to actually understand the story is like through vague context clues that you get from background details. And like, sure there's no type text. is gay. Well, no, yeah, I, I like, really like I really well, like that kind of environment. Yeah. And there's like there's no text. It's like whenever you talk to somebody, they talk to you with pictures that are like. Um, yeah, it's really cool. You try to talk to like the random villagers that are around the place and they just make noises at you. And they're like, <laughs> on on like just looking at the pictures online, this this is definitely Cass's aesthetic. Like if you had <laughs> asked me, hey, is this. Would Cass play this game? I would have said yes. This is very much a Cass game. Yes, this is, this is a Cass game. But yeah, the main mechanic of the game is that it's like a top-down hack and slasher, where you have a gun, and the way you refill the gun is by attacking with your melee weapon. So you kind of like switching between them in all these little closed arenas. Oh, that's very nice. It's yeah. kind of fun. I'm digging it. It's got a very chilled-out vibe. I think the actual story, um, and I don't think this is spoilers, but you're looking for a cure for your disease that you have, which is why oh, you're yeah. like, coughing and shit. Wow, and you got herpes? You have some kind of herpes. Apparently, this is inspired by the creator who has a heart disease. And so the story is like um, basically based on his struggle with heart disease. Oh, that oh. makes me feel kind of bad that I just defaulted to you have herpes. <laughs> Well, I don't know. He might also have herpes. I did not ask. Um, um, but yeah, I'm I'm not as far into that one. I'm only like a little bit further, but like about like two or three hours now, and it's I'm digging it. Well, luckily, I think that you'll be able to focus on it a lot because you're really at the end of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, you're almost at the end. The last like couple of planets, though, I think are some of the best in the game. But Hyperlight Drifter sounds cool. Maybe I'll have to pick that up on Steam. You should totally um, do that. I've been playing a game that I haven't played in a while lately. What is that game? Courtney and I have actually both been playing it. And it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Are I you serious? It up. Yeah, haven't picked it up since the start of the pandemic. But oh, we've been, we've been, we, started, we started a new mm. island and we've been playing it. And you know what? taking a break from new horizons and then coming back to it it's really nice it's really refreshing yeah. you know i feel like with animal crossing and games like animal crossing you kind of get into like a, once you are really deep in your island like yeah you have it all like you can like customize everything right and you do all this stuff and you have all this like furniture and shit but um I don't know. I feel like you kind of lose something. And when you're starting from scratch again, even though you're going through the same exact things again, if you have some distance, though, that doesn't really matter. It's it's really nice. It's really refreshing. It's got that very relaxing feel. It's cool. Yeah. Your islands slowly build up into what you want it to be. I don't know. Uh, Are you two playing on like the same character? Yeah, we're playing the same character on the same island. What did, what did you name yourself? Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your is island that? called? Uh, With Peace and Love Island. Oh, oh wow. That's cute. 
Uh, uh, what did your what did you have you gotten to the point where your villagers ask for a nickname? No, we haven't yet. We're we just we're pretty I mean, we're still pretty early on. We just like put down the three new plots for three new houses. Yeah. Like so we're we're at like the very start of expanding. And that makes sense because I think we only restarted and started playing on Friday, maybe, maybe a little bit before that. I don't remember. It was sometime late last week. I had a I had a story about what I chose my nickname to be on my island. Oh, oh yeah, okay, go ahead. Because you know, I don't the the game launched right when the pandemic was starting to hit, like last year, right? Yes. So I was staying inside a lot, and uh, you know, when you're you when you're in that kind of situation, you kind of ignore the finer points like bathing. Yeah, that's <laughs> sure. Did you name yourself Stinky? <laughs> I call this. I. It's like when somebody asks me, like, "Hey, what? What do you want me to call you as a nickname?" It's like, "Oh, you know what? It only it, they only call you a nickname sometimes." So I'll just call myself Stinky. <laughs> so it's like the animal friends will remind me to take a bath every now and then. <laughs> Fucking incredible. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And now I'm just stinky. <laughs> wow. Um, I the one thing I really, really miss is my old character's name. I mean, Pickle's great. Don't get me wrong. What was your old character's name? Pen. Pen. Yes. Pen. It. Just, just penis. Because no, you're on Pen no. Island. Pen. I was on Pen Island, right? Uh huh. And my character's name was Pen. So, and, but when <laughs> it was Pen on Pen Island, it's your or Pen's Island. Pen. Oh, oh, okay, I see. I see. I got you. I thought I, you know, I thought it was everything penises with you, Nathan. You know, it was penises for me a couple weeks ago, but now I guess it's penises for Nathan. It's 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 all Freudian. It's all Freudian. Yeah. Like um. Wow, we've really rounded the corner all talking about the games that we're playing. I guess that's the theme of this episode. I know Abby's been playing a game that I'm yeah, very, Abby, very happy. That I'm very happy that Abby's been playing. Have you been playing Isaac? I've been playing Isaac. Wow. But for the Lots. most part, she's been playing Cards of Iron 4. Yeah. That's only the last oh. It's only the last couple days. I think I only have let's let's <laughs> compare let's compare the play times. Um, don't say my horror out loud. My horror playtime is twenty hours. We're not mentioning the Nathan's. Hearts of Iron is one of those four X grand strategy games, right? Yeah, it's not four X, but it's okay, well, grand strategy. Okay, and so what is what is what separates Hearts of Iron from like Crusader Kings and Victoria and the other one? Well, about. Europa. I'd love to hear. Uh, Abby actually had a really great take comparing Hearts of Iron to Europa, um, but and in Crusader my, Kings, yeah, and Crusader Kings. But in my, but the basic separation between those games is this: Crusader Kings is about you are playing a dynasty, right? So you're not necessarily playing a country, and your priorities are different. It's about getting your okay. it's about getting your family prestige and wealth, and it doesn't really matter what country they're ruling. Obviously, if you're the country that you're ruling strong, it's better for you. 
but it doesn't really matter because you're playing as a family, right? So can you like join a different country? Yeah, yeah, you can rule multiple. You, your family can rule multiple countries. How does that work? That sounds. You play as a character, you, but yeah, you, you you can inherit different countries and like disinherit other countries as you go through oh generations. Wow, that and, sounds so bougie. And you you but you play as <laughs> you one are person very bougie. who's usually the head of the dynasty, but not always. Yeah, um, yeah. In Europa, it's your it it is a really basic strategy game. I mean, I, props to Europa. I fucking love Europa to death. But if I had to pick like a baseline strategy game, you play as the country. Technically, there's a king and some minor dynasty stuff you can do. It doesn't fucking matter. You just want your king to have good stats, which is why you eventually make a democracy because then you just have a elected person. Yeah, you and elect you elect him over and over until he has good stats. <laughs> um. And you just make your country real big and real strong. Real big. Which you can do in Crusader <laughs> Kings 3, too. That was a big difference from 2, is Crusader Kings 3 encourages a blobbing a lot more than 2 does. Um, Victoria 2 is, I would say, more about playing tall than playing wide. Like, if Europa's about blobbing, Victoria 2, you don't have to blob. You can. What, it's what not is real... blobbing for? Blobbing... Context? Blobbing is okay. So yes, tell us what blobbing is. It's easy. But, it's just it's just your country's a color, right? Yeah. And oh, you and you try to the, make your color the most. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You just make a big blob of your color. Usually, <laughs> with, blobbing is usually semi derogatory in the online communities because there's like no rhyme or reason to it. You you get called a blob when you've just like continuously eaten everything around you. So there's a difference between in people who play strategy games for everybody's edification. There's a difference between blobbing and expanding. Right. And there's actually like among nerds like me, there is some debate, but I'll give you my bona fide definition. If you are fulfilling, if you're expanding to a country's quote unquote natural borders, see your country of choices like ultra nationalism 101, and you're expanding to those geographical borders, or you're staying within like a country's modern day borders or something like that. That's expanding. But if you're just wantonly taking whatever territory you can get beyond that and your borders uh -huh. look really fucking ugly, you're blobbing. That's the difference. <laughs> Nathan hates the ugly borders. I love hideous borders. I, I, I fucking it. I, I, Abby told me something about her Hoy game today. And the first thing I said was, I don't even want to see it. I bet the borders are disgusting. <laughs> they weren't actually that bad uh, but i thought they were gonna be that's awful. okay i like that anyways victoria you're playing like tall instead of wide so you're basically victoria's about developing an economy um and like making an an industrial juggernaut and that's the way to success rather than just grabbing random land you can blob it's not really encouraged but you can do it and that that's victoria in a nutshell there's a lot more to victoria than that but that's as fast as i can go and then finally, Hearts of Iron is different from all of them in the sense that it's much more about war and combat because the game is about World War II or weird strategy gameplay in the setting of World War II because you, things can get ahistorical pretty quickly if you want them to. But um, because it's focused on this one big war as its centerpiece, 
the combat, the actual tactics of moving troops is the focus. And it's really in-depth. And it's really addicting, in my opinion. There's a lot to the combat in Hearts of Iron. But, and you can blob because, of course, you're going to war and you're taking over countries. But that's not really the point. It's mainly about, you know, big combat on an epic scale. And if you want to not have a boring time, you almost always have to play as a country that's already powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess because the time period is shorter, and it's not that the game discourages blobbing. Um, I would say the opposite. The game super encourages blobbing, but only if you're a nation big enough to blob, which is like you're one of the select few, and you're going to have a much more constricted view of play playing as a medium-sized or a minor nation Versus in Europa, if I'm or Crusader Kings, if I'm gonna boot that shit up, I'm gonna go find some tiny ass nation in the middle of nowhere and right. see how far I can go and make some huge blob because I like the blob. Um, <laughs> the like to sum it up in like easy to understand countries, like if you're playing, if you're in Hearts of Iron and you're like playing as Great Britain right? There's going to be a lot for you to do. There's a lot of fronts to manage. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to expand. You're really powerful. You can affect the world in big ways, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be fun. And that makes sense because in World War II, Great Britain did a lot. But if in Hearts of Iron, if you play as, say, New Zealand, yeah, New Zealand contributed to World War II. Oh, hold on. Right. Let's 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 can let's take New Zealand out of consideration. I think New Zealand's okay. a special case. Okay, you can, let's say that you're playing as, um, Chile, Chile, right? Yeah, Chile joined the Allies. Chile technically contributed to World War II in the Italian campaign, right? But Chile's, you're not going to have as much fun because. Chile can't really project that much power. You're going right. to be constantly playing second fiddle to the U.S. I mean, like, and to that's, Britain. That's being kind, like third or fourth fiddle. Yeah, you're playing fifth <laughs> fiddle here. You're playing the hand harp. Yeah. You're playing the lute. <laughs> playing the lute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, New Zealand gets special consideration um, because they have a special tank. A real life tank. Yes. Wait, what is this? <laughs> All right. So, in World War II, in World War Two, yes. Obviously, we have gotten past World War One, and tanks at this point were well known to be very, very important to modern world warfare in the era of World War Two. So, Britain goes to war, eventually with Japan. And when that happens, supplies, because Britain's managing all of the major trading partner in New Zealand, Britain is a little bit too busy to send war material to New Zealand. Now, New Zealand's terrified that Japan is going to invade their islands. Spoiler alert, Japan had no intention of invading <laughs> New Zealand. It's a worthless couple of rocks out in the middle, way out of the way of anywhere that they wanted to go in the Pacific. But you know what? When you're in the moment, I get it. 
So they were terrified that Japan was going to invade the mainland. And they didn't have any tanks coming in. They barely had any planes. So this guy in the, um, the war ministry of New Zealand, his name was Bob Semple, said, Fuck it. we're going to make our own tank, right? And so they, they were like, well, okay, um, we don't really have any factories that can produce things for tanks. No, we do. We have factories that can produce tractors. So <laughs> okay. they take a tractor. Like going. They take a tractor. You know that like corrugated, like wavy sheet metal that you see on cheap roofs? Yeah. They rivet she that sheet metal to the sides of the tractor. Okay. <laughs> Forming okay. like this sheet metal shell around it. Okay. What okay. are you going to do about the cannon? You know, a, ta a, a tank needs a cannon. Fuck it. We can't produce cannons. But you know what we can make? How about we just put, like, three machine guns on it, right? Same thing. You know, three machine guns equals one cannon. So there are three machine guns sticking out of the top of this tractor, right? There's room for, like, two people inside. Okay. Now, this thing was super fucking slow. Are you because sure? Are, hold on. Are you sure that this is New Zealand and not Australia? No, this, this, is, New like Zealand. this is New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing is super fucking top heavy because it's got three big machine guns and all of this fucking corrugated sheet metal. <laughs> okay. The sheet metal barely stops bullets. It kind of works. And it's super slow. But here's the big thing. Those three machine guns generate a lot of heat. And sheet metal is, well, have you ever been on like a metal roof on a hot day? It's literally a hot tin roof. Yes. Yeah. And you are now encased in it. This thing was <laughs> fucking, it was an oven. Okay. And where was New Zealand seeing combat? Oh, in the jungles of New Guinea. So it was very slow. Um, it was very hot. The only way to escape was to take the sheet metal off the back and just run. There wasn't really a hatch. Um, <laughs> there was, but when you were, it, it took a long time. The only, the fastest way to escape was to just knock the sheet metal off the back and get out of there. Um, they produced three of them. They produced three of them. Only one ever saw service in the jungles of New Guinea. And um, pretty soon after it was used, the soldiers decided to just strip the sheet metal off and use it as scrap rather than have it keep going through the jungles of New Guinea. Oh, my God. And that's the Bob Simple tank. That's incredible. <laughs> Hoy Hoy Four Hearts of Iron Four has a slightly alternate reality for this Bob Simple Tank, where you New Zealand can choose to keep upgrading them and producing them until it becomes the best anti-infantry tank in the game. Yes, uh, the, the Bob Simple and Hoy has its own unique upgrade tree, where it will eventually become the Big Bob Tank. Where it, this, <laughs> 
titan of corrugated sheet metal with actual cannons sticking out of it. And it's the slowest tank in the game at that point. But it is basically immune to regular infantry. Oh my god. So three oh cheers for the Bob Simple tank. We wow. should probably mention that it's Cass just right. put an image of this, this thing in the oh Yep, that's the Bob Simple. There it is. If... <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, it could look worse. <laughs> you know, I feel like the, the corrugation should help deflect bullets. It... You know, maybe I'm. I'm not. I'm not the person to ask. Well, the core. Isn't I think that, how, that like, like oh, works. I think if you had like proper metal for the corrugation, yes, the corrugation should help. But I think that the kind of metal that they were using, i.e., that fucking roofing sheet metal, that's the problem there, right? Uh -huh. Like. If they had been using something a little bit stronger, actually made for construction, I think the corrugation is actually kind of a good idea. Maybe. Um, but that that's the Bob Simple tank. Imagine imagine you're, you're a Japanese soldier, right? Yeah. And you're invading New Guinea. And you run into this thing. <laughs> What's your reaction? Like, how are you supposed to rationally respond to this thing? Well, I think number one, I would have like, seen it. Oh, I man, the animals, the animals in the jungle made a tank. <laughs> I think that number one, I would be like Mike. I would assume, ah, oh, shit, must be the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's 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 the legend of uh, New Zealand's very own tank. <laughs> wow, one of a kind. That's I love that. That's a thing of beauty. It's it's gorgeous. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> has anybody been watching any good TV lately? Uh yes, actually, I've been Are watching we... a, a new anime. Oh, an anime. What anime? About? What anime? Uh, it's called Odd Taxi. Is it about oh, a? That. that looked cute. It's about a taxi in New York City that's yeah, pretty is, odd. It's that? about a taxi in Japan that's pretty odd. Why is it so odd? Uh, it's driven by a walrus. Oh, I love this taxi. Is the walrus <laughs> unionized? I think he's. I think he's uh, independent. What the fuck? All right. Get this, <laughs> Get this scab walrus out of here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's also in a world of other animals, and oh, it's okay. about this uh, this little walrus who just drives a taxi. the The idea of the 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 show is that it's a it's an interconnected narrative where it's like the taxi driver meets all these different characters over the course of the series, and all of their stories interact with other stories of other people that he meets driving the taxi. It's very like dialogue and um it's very like interesting in a like interconnected script kind of way. It's like I've yeah. heard people compare it to like knives out in terms of the scripting and in terms of the dialogue. Okay. I've heard people compare it to like Tarantino movies where it's like 
it's not super realistic dialogue, but it's like really enthralling the way that they talk to each other. And it's yeah. like in a way that it's like it feels kind of realistic. It feels the way that you want dialogue to actually be in real life. I got you. I understand what you're saying. And then as the story goes on, you start to realize that there's like a murder mystery that's kind of surrounding his taxi. I'm surrounding his taxi. Is he a killer? Uh, did spoilers. That is an odd taxi. Uh, you know, I, I knew it was all animals, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I've seen like clips of it and stuff, but when Mike mentioned it, I realized like there had been no context for it being all animals before to the other people and the, to, the, to the viewers. And I was like, man, what if it was just a taxi, like in New York or some <laughs> shit, driven by a walrus? <laughs> that would be great. That's, that's what, what I thought, I thought it, was. it was. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely an odd taxi. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's strange. one of those it's one of those shows where it's like the more you talk about the actual plot of it, the more you're giving away. And it's one of those yeah. shows where it's like really good to just go in completely blind. Sure, I right, can stop talking about it. It's it's a good show though. I enjoyed it. That's a spoiler. <laughs> that I enjoy the series. Yeah. I don't want to go into a show knowing whether or not I'll enjoy it. I have to go in. It could be terrible or it could be great. That's not actually true. But I thought it would be funny to say. But uh, for the most part, I've just been watching uh, video game streams. Video game streams? What video oh, game I- streams? Uh, I've been watching uh, Barry is streaming. He's the he was the previous editor of the Game Grumps, and he's been playing through Skyward Sword HD. It's oh, been wow. real fun. Nice. Um, you know what I saw? What did you oh, see? Yeah? The new M Night Shyamalan movie. Old. Oh, you saw Wait, that? What is the new yep. M Night? It's old. It's <sighs> about this beach, and if you're on the beach, you get old really fast. <laughs> Wow. I would but simply they, not they, be on the beach. But, but, but they can't they can't leave the beach. Oh, okay. I guess I would beach. get old and die really you're, fast. You're wow, my couch beach. must be an M. Night Shyamalan movie then. <laughs> I, I've been making like similar jokes like that to Courtney ever <laughs> since we saw it. <laughs> like we were sitting down for breakfast this morning, and I'm like, I think every 30 minutes we wait for this meal, I'm aging soon here. <laughs> um but I saw it. Uh, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> I I saw I spoiled the uh, the plot of it for me, and it did not sound good. <laughs> yeah, it Would you say good. that the movie was an Shyamalan movie? I I mean, I said it. Yeah, I exactly. I would say it's an M Night Shyamalan movie. Did I it make you old. It's yeah, it may. You know what? He came on at the end of the movie and said, "You are now older than when you started this movie." So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. It was. I think the worst part. I mean, the plot was. You know, it had the usual uh, eye roll beats that you expect from M Night Shyamalan movies. But I think the thing that really got me was that the acting was so bad. It was so wooden. From there were a couple of actors who were like they were legitimately good, but from the majority of people, especially from like the side characters, 
The acting was so bad that I legitimately thought it was part of whatever the twist was going to be. I thought that they were like all in on it because I was like, this acting so bad is coming off as so fake. It has to be part of the twist. No, it was just really bad. When the acting is so bad, you think it's a plot point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Like, uh, they're all robots. Um, I mean, spo- spoilers for old... Uh, but the twist is is that it's all basically the beach is like being used to do testing for these like pharmaceutical drugs and that way they can test like these drugs across the span of an entire lifetime in one day okay mm-hmm. right okay. so that's that's the twist and I didn't call it exactly, but like from the first scene, I leaned over to Courtney and I was like, the resort is doing an experiment on these people. (laughs) And like, I thought that that much was like obvious. It was to be expected. Okay. And it turns out that was it. That was the fucking twist. That's it. So it like wasn't even a great M. Night Shyamalan twist. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed it's supposed to be like they they it's revealed that they've done this to like 70 groups of people or something. Right. Right. But they but it's like through doing all this with this group, they've discovered a cure for uh, epilepsy, epilepsy. And it's supposed to be like, oh, they killed like fucking 70 times five people but they discovered a cure for epilepsy so that probably helps more people than it hurts how did no one figure out i feel like if like 70 plus people go to a resort and then they're like ah they mysteriously died then people like stop Mm. going to the resort i don't know maybe the tickets were really cheap maybe that's what it was a nice ticket also, a yes. bunch of a, a bunch of people in the group like don't have any long-standing health issues, so they're just kind of there to not be, not cause suspicion, and they die anyway. Well, like I, I there were a lot of questions I had about the premise. All right, and here was the number one thing. All right, all right. First of all, there is this very uncomfortable scene, very uncomfortable for me, and. Basically, obviously, there are kids who come to the beach or are on the beach, right? And they get old. And across the span of the movie, some of those kids go from like six to 50. Okay. Okay. But of course, they, you know, it's not like they get an education in that time. Yeah. They still have the brain of a six year old. Uh-huh. And two characters who were prepubescent children at the start of the movie but grow old in the beach have. A kid on the beach because time they get old really fast and the child gestates really fast. And I, I, I told Courtney, I was like, I, I, I was super fucking uncomfortable with. Two, I don't care if like now they're twenty. It's yeah. like two people who have the brains of a, and it was super fucking unnecessary, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Really, gross. really bad. But alongside that, I wondered. All right. You're like a six-year-old girl. Are you gonna get like uh periods like rapid fire on this beach? Like, because if the gestation period <laughs> is sped up, right? Like you have a baby really fast, like wouldn't you just be constantly bleeding? Yeah, it's almost like this premise is really stupid. It's really what? stupid. Wouldn't your hair get really fucking long? Well, your really hair, fast? your hair and your fingernails aren't alive, so they aren't affected by the 
bullshit. Okay, but they are created by living cells. Right? That's the explanation that I heard in one of these videos that I watch. I am not defending this movie. That's stupid. (laughs) It Um, is really stupid. And, like, just, I I had a lot of questions about how this what what what's going on here you know and also like there are several people who are stuck on the beach some people are like they're testing out drugs for like psychological issues and some people they're testing out drugs for like you know physical ailments but there are some people on the beach who literally they got no problems as far as i can tell there's nothing wrong with them yeah they're literally just there to be family members and not bring suspicion to the overarching problem. And there's a lot of people just hanging out at the resort who never go to the beach. Are those people in on it? Are they like just like paid actors? Like what about all the people on the at the resort who just don't go to the beach? Or is that how they make their money off of the people who are just there to go well, to Yeah, because resort? the the old beach is like a secret thing that yeah. they get introduced to, right? Right. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah, you have to be specially led to the beach that makes you old. You know what movie we need to watch? watch? What movie? We still need to watch Pig. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we do. You know what movie I was thinking about recently? I don't know why, but I would like to watch it again. What? Bangkok Dangerous, Nicolas Cage. Oh, Oh, because we were playing in. We were because we were playing Hoy Nathan. Oh, right in Thailand. Yeah, <laughs> but Bangkok dangerous with Nicolas Cage. Oh my god, I forgot. We we're waging proxy wars. <laughs> I forgot right. he has like the mullet in that. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> it's great. I remember it. It's really we got good. it at a red box. Maybe we can still get it at a red box. He has quite some hair in this movie. Oh yeah. Um. I've wanted, to, I've really wanted to see the uh, the new Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. F9. Wait, is it yeah. F9? Because those movies are like weird with how good they become over t- over time. Yeah, ever since they really leaned into the it's a heist action movie thing, it's 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 been good for them. Well, not just Wait, that. What was it supposed like, to be? It was originally like a an undercover cop movie where it's like. And it was about cars going really fast, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Wait, it they, was an, who was an undercover cop? What's uh, his name? The uh, uh, Paul, Paul Walker. Walker. Paul Walker. He, the first movie is about Paul Walker being an undercover cop going into like this street racing gang. Okay. To, <laughs> it's so funny because they're stealing like DVD players off the back of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in hindsight, it's like wow. Um, and then uh, the second movie is also like. In a similar vein, the third movie's completely separate. Like basically, takes place in, right? yes, Tokyo Drift or takes Tokyo place Drift. in like a, a, a might as well take place in a different universe, except for the after credits scene. It's it just takes about, place in like way far in the future, like 2016. Yeah, <laughs> and that movie was made in like the 2000s. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Even though they still all have flip phones. <laughs> Look, you know, I mean. That's the future. That's just the future right there. We're not ready for the year of 2016 yet. But then over time, it becomes like they're they're like. Fucking international thieves and mercenaries that also drive muscle cars. Yeah. 
I've only seen Fast Five. I think we saw that together, and it was yeah, good. Yeah, we Fast Five together, and Fast Five was great. Yeah, The Rock was in it. That was the yeah. first movie that The Rock was in. in that was movie. the first movie The Rock was in, and, and it had this great set piece in Rio de Janeiro where they pull the entire fucking safe out of the wall and drag it through the streets. With that was great. I remember that plot from the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, or maybe it's the fifth one. <laughs> what? <laughs> they do something similar. Oh yeah, that was like the opening sequence. I remember that. I yeah, I don't. What is that on? Shit, there's so many of these. Which one is it? Is it Dead Men <laughs> Tell No Tales? I think it was like the one after the third one that we're like, all right, we got to bring back this fucking franchise. Let's start with like pirate hijinks. Right, but it's all it's just a trash movie. I'm pretty sure. Yep, sure is. Um, I don't remember any of the ones that aren't the first one being very good. I think I might be biased. The third one might have been okay. I might be biased because I watched the first one a lot when I was like nine. Yeah, the first one's good. The second one's like I've not seen it since. About as good as the first one, I think. And the third one is just like way too fucking long to like give a shit about anything. God, was that really? They definitely when I was did like just nine? stop it after the third one. But you can't because it's Disney, and they have to just crush every little second out of money that they can. God, yeah, that first movie was almost twenty years ago. Wow, old. Oh my. 2003. Um, do we want to talk about the beer? Do we? Yeah, I'm finished. This beer has made me really drunk, and I'm about... Actually, I'm almost done with it. Yeah, I'm almost done with mine, too. So what do we think about the taste? I've finished it. I kind of dig this, honestly. Holy shit. Let's go, Mike. Warming up to stouts. Stouts I are I, a good I, drink. Look, if you're going to warm up to something, warm up to stouts, because stouts are great. I really hate the initial taste, but like, and it's gotten way worse now that it's gotten cold. But like, honestly, when I was drinking this, it was like, I was kind of digging it. I was enjoying the drink. The, the, should we say it? The, 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 the dragon's milk. The, the milkies. You're enjoying the milkies. <laughs> I, 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 look, I personally, I really like the dragon's milkies. It's got like these nice sweet notes. I can kind of get like the bourbon. I guess that's what that is because it's bourbon aged. Um, and it's, you know, it's the stout. It's, it's, it's good. I like it. Cass? I really hated it at first, but I got drunk so fast when <laughs> I was drinking it that I just stopped yeah. disliking it. So. High alcohol content because it's a stout. That's another. Yeah. This is 11%. High. Yep. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, that's almost a wine. Uh, what do you think, Abby? <laughs> I mean, that's more than a good amount of wines. Um, it's okay. I, Milk stouts are never quite my favorite, and um, I'm not a huge bourbon fan, so the sort of like bourbon taste in there, uh, I don't love. But it's it's good. I like stouts. It is a stout. It is good. Um, I think I'm gonna give this. Uh, we come to this question again, where it's like, should I rate this on its own, or should I rate this in comparison to what else we've drank? And I think I have to rate it in comparison to what else we've drank, because like what else we've drank is like what's commonly out there. Right. Like, yeah, that's what the average person drinks. And this is so much better than what the average person drinks. <laughs> so I'm going to have to give this one an A. Solid A. Mm -hmm. I like it. 
That's valid. Uh, what do you think, Cass? Um, let me take one more sip and I'll tell you. I like stouts, you know. Guinness was okay. the herald of a new age for this show. Yeah, I'm really going to need to start drinking more stouts because I have a pretty good picture of what an IPA tastes like, but I don't drink a ton of stouts. I will say I think I like this slightly better than Guinness. I'm going to put it above whatever I put Guinness at. I really so, feel like I need to split my list from like a like a full and, tier list into like into individual different types of beer. So an A? I'm going to put this in B tier. I don't know what I would give Guinness, but I'm going to put You put Guinness really low because you hate Guinness. I don't... No, no, no. I think I said I hated Guinness at the oh, beginning. Oh, right. But then, and then you rated it up, higher. Yeah. And also said that you have to reread Chainsaw Man. Have you done that yet? No, I haven't. Do you know how fucking busy I am? Uh, Relatively fair busy. I have <laughs> Relatively <at> least... <laughs> busy. <laughs> well, you know what? You're only busy for another week. That's true, and then I've got um, so Whatever much else. time on my hands. Exactly, and you should use that time to reread Chainsaw Man at <laughs> least five times. I don't think I'm going to do it five times, but maybe I'll reread Chainsaw Man once. Um, I'm already redoing a bunch of other shit. Mike? Um, I don't remember where I put Guinness, but I think I would put this around the same area. Uh, I'm thinking like the bottom of B tier. It's it's still hard to stomach, but for the most part, I really enjoyed this. Um, and finally, Abby. Um, I'm gonna go with B tier. I would drink it sometimes. Um, it's significantly better than a lot of the stuff we drink. It's leagues better than any IPA, um, ever will be or ever has been. <laughs> But I don't know. There's a lot better stouts. I like Guinness better than this. I like I said. I think it comes down to like the milk stout and the bourbon in it are not two of my favorite things to have in stouts. But it's still good. But just just at B, you know, high B. Yeah, so, no, high, it's high B. That's that's yeah. what I said. It's like yeah. it's like a high B. It's no, it's no. Not I'm, a, saying it's not a, I'm saying overall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind, yeah. I think it puts a high B, which is good. I think that's a very very fair assessment of this beer. So go out and get your milkies. That's what I gotta say. Price. <laughs> anyway, with that, this was Malwism Edge. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and what? Uh, what? Go ahead. I was gonna do a joke. <laughs> go ahead, do your joke. No, do the outro first, and then I'll do okay, it. Okay, fine. Well, this was Malwism Edge, and we hope that you learned something, even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. Uh, what did? What did Zelda tell Link to do when he was locked out of his apartment? What? Try force. <laughs>